Good morning, I'm Jeremy Melanson, and this is your NBA Daily Recap for Monday, January 28th. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Recap underscore NBA. This podcast is a part of the Pulse Podcast Network. Check out our free app with all the shows from across the network available in your app store. There's NBA content as well as NFL, WWE, fantasy sports, and pop culture pods. The Pulse Podcast Network. Now, as I mentioned yesterday, you can now find us on Apple, so please uh, check us out, hit the subscribe button, throw me a five-star rating, that literally takes five seconds, or if you uh, don't mind, take a second and write me a quick review, just a couple of words, anything will do, and uh, we're also now available on Podbean. So we're going to start today's show off with a little bit of uh, looking at the Anthony Davis news from yesterday, I know I touched on it a bit yesterday, but uh, now that we've had a day to try to let everything sink in, I'll just kind of try to make sense of this all really quickly. Um, and the first thing I'm going to advise to anyone is uh, know who to trust. There are thousands of NBA accounts on Twitter, and a lot of it is clickbait. Um, there's really just a handful of people that you know for sure you can believe what they're putting out there. Uh, trusted reporters. And uh, my personal opinion is, my motto I guess I would say is, it ain't a hit until Woj spits. Okay, um... Adrian Wojnarowski is the most credible reporter there is, and if it comes out of his account, you can definitely take it to the bank. Uh, I have his tweet notifications on, on my Twitter, on my phone, and anytime he gets a tweet, no matter what it is, uh, I get the notification, because Woj bombs, everybody knows uh, what Woj bombs are, I would hope. Um, So, also there's Shams, you can trust Shams, he's a a great reporter as well, Uh, Mark Stein, somebody I I would trust. And Windhorst or uh, Zach Lowe, guys like that, they're all very credible media members. Uh, And there's also many other credible media members, too, and beat writers, too, that are credible. But uh, a lot of these people are reporting what Woj reports. He is the man. So if if, if it comes from Woj, you can trust it. Um, And for an example, like I saw a Bleacher Report tweet this morning, uh, who they put in their tweet a quote from Woj, basically, or a per Woj. It said, if... The Warriors don't offer Clay Thompson the max contract. He could consider joining the Lakers if they get Anthony Davis. Now you have to really like look at that for a second and think. Like there's so many ifs and coulds. I mean, you could tell from my emphasizing that I don't believe any of this for a second. This is clickbait. Now Woj said this. I now don't get me wrong. I, I I did I did the research. I didn't believe it until I saw it. He was on uh, some Sports Center or something like that. And he and he this these words came out of his mouth, but. The context of it is what's important. There's like, if the Warriors get in, or sorry, if the Lakers get Anthony Davis, and that's an if. If the Warriors don't offer Clay Thompson a max contract, uh, they're gonna do that. They're very, 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 very likely to do that, and that he could consider joining the Lakers. Well, he could consider joining the Timberwolves, and he could consider joining the Utah Jazz. Like, it, it doesn't really mean anything. So you you really just have to. Uh, read things a little bit carefully, and, and try to understand what's just trying to set things up for hits and what is actual news. Uh, so to, to the Anthony Davis stuff, um, he's up for a Supermax extension that, um, this summer. His contract it runs longer than that, but you can sign an extension when you still have a year left in your contract. And the Supermax extension was something that was put in place to try to help small market teams to keep players. You can only offer it to a player if he's been with your team for so many years. And uh, this was to try to help teams like New Orleans to keep superstars like Davis. But we found in the past that it hasn't been the case. Uh, Kawhi Leonard turned down his Supermax extension when he got traded from the Spurs. Uh, Paul George gave his up when he got traded. And uh, there's a couple other examples, too, where it just uh, it hasn't uh, panned out. And 
Anthony Davis is not going to take that Supermax extension if he wants to be traded. Now, to, to Anthony Davis's credit, the worst thing he could have done in this situation was to stay until the summer, got the Supermax extension for its, like, $200 million contract over five years, and then push the trade after that. Like, that would have been a dick move. And he didn't. Uh, and to his credit, that that's... Uh, it's better for New Orleans that way. So, anyway... Uh, what the facts are, what we do know out of this, um, and, and this is coming from trusted reporters, Anthony Davis wants to be on the Lakers, okay? Um, his agent, Rich Paul, probably wants him to be in L.A. As I said yesterday, he also uh, reps LeBron and few other high-powered players as well, but uh, he wants these two guys together, his clients. And the Lakers, as I said, Anthony Davis wants to be on the Lakers. The Lakers want Anthony Davis. So, then, really, the next domino... Uh, that a lot of people are waiting f- to fall is uh, for Anthony Davis or Rich Paul to come out and say this, that Anthony will only commit to the Lakers long-term and to try to deter other teams from getting him. Uh, the Celtics, as it currently stands, have the best collection of assets to make an offer in the league. This is widely known. Um, they've long been rumored to be interested in Anthony Davis, and they've been long collecting these assets. Uh, they're out of picks from Brooklyn, finally, but they still have uh, Memphis's pick this year if it falls outside of the top eight. And they also have a future Sacramento pick. They've got Tatum, who is another question if wh- whether or not he's even on the table. Um, Jalen, uh, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, like they have, and even some of their other back end uh, young guys. Like they've got a good collection of young players. They have the best offer in the league. Uh, the only problem with the Celtics at the, making an offer at this current moment is Kyrie Irving and his contract. Um, Kyrie is... He has something in his contract uh, called the Rose Rule. And, and Anthony Davis has this as well. It's, uh, it was made after Derrick Rose where a young player hits a, cri- a criteria. Maybe it's an all-NBA team for Davis and Kyrie. It probably was. For uh, Ro- Derrick Rose, it would have been a, his MVP um, if you're that young and you hit this high criteria, then you are uh, eligible for bigger payouts from your team. And uh, there's a league rule that you can only have one of these guys on your roster. And currently, Kyrie and Davis both have that contract. Um, so the, the Celtics aren't able to trade and have both of those guys on their team right now. Uh, Kyrie's contract expires this summer. So that's the Celtics' best bet, is to wait until the summer and then once Kyrie's contract expires, ideally they make a trade for Davis and then re-sign Kyrie on top of that. But um, some people are even saying they could trade Kyrie, uh, Kyrie for Davis at this current time. But honestly, I don't think that's a great idea. Um, ask LeBron James. You want Kyrie Irving on your team. It doesn't matter how good you are, uh, like a LeBron or an Anthony Davis. You need somebody who's your clutch go-to scorer who shows up in crunch time, and uh, I think that LeBron realizes that he needs somebody like that, and Kyrie also realized that he needs somebody like that, like LeBron or uh, Davis as well. Um, so uh, the Lakers, no, sorry, so uh, Anthony Davis's camp, why, why was it that they decided to make this announcement yesterday morning? Um, they let their team know. Uh, they let the Pelicans know on the weekend. And it's, pos- it's, it's possible that if you, you listen to some of the talk around the league, that they knew it, uh, that this was a possibility. Listen to some of the players and what they're saying. <clears throat> uh, nobody sounds really surprised, but uh, they made it public. And, and uh, the reason they did this, I think, on Monday morning at 8 a.m., is because they wanted to put the league on notice. They wanted to make sure everybody's front office was uh, looking at all their options to make something happen for Davis. 
Um, and you can uh, rest assured that uh, all these guys know everything that's going on. They know more than we know. Um, and I think that you have to assume that Anthony Davis doesn't want to be a Celtic, honestly, uh, because he knows, like I said, he knows what's going on. He knows that their best offer comes this summer, not this week. Um, the next nine days uh, until the trade deadline are the best time for the Lakers to make an offer. Uh, it fits in their wheelhouse a lot better. If it goes into the summer, it, the Celtics are easily in the best position to make an offer. And uh, these are the two front runners. There are some talk uh, that Davis has a list, and the Celtics and the Lakers are on that list as well, possibly the Knicks, which doesn't completely make sense if you want to win games, unless you assume that you're going to be heading there with other superstar players. Um, LeBron also had a list last summer and included Philadelphia. And uh, I th in retrospect, Philadelphia was not an option. LeBron was going to the Lakers and everyone knew it. And the feeling from around the league is that Davis is in a similar position where it's just a matter of time until he becomes a Laker. But the ball's in the Pelicans' court. Um, as I said, Davis still has uh, the rest of this season and all of next season on his current contract before he's an actual free agent. And... There's going to be 29 teams interested, as I said yesterday. You can guarantee that, that not all 29 teams are going to have a compelling offer to make, but they're definitely going to be interested. And it could be uh, a wild card team that comes out and really uh, makes this interesting. Um, but as I said, the ball is in the Pelicans' court, and they're going to be the ones who make the decision on this, and they don't seem to be in a rush at the moment, but you never know with the right offer things could change. So we're just going to have to wait and see how this goes down. Uh, hopefully this isn't something we have to report on every single day, but uh, it's going to be the story of the league until something happens. All right, now that that's out of the way, let's look at the recap from last night's games. There were five games, and the first one was the New York Knicks in Charlotte playing the Hornets. The game was tied entering the fourth quarter before Charlotte went on a 17-1 run. It was sparked by Malik Monk, who had 12 points of those 17 points, and that was enough to fend off the Knicks. Charlotte took the victory, 101-92. The Hornets got 63 points off their bench in this one, 63 of their 101 points. Jeremy Lamb had 15 and 9 rebounds for them. Miles Bridges had 11-8, 14 points, 5-5 five five for Kemba Walker. Malik Monk had 14. Tony Parker had 15 to tie uh, leading all scorers. And Willie Hernan Gomez had 11 points and 11 rebounds. So yeah, Charlotte had two guys score 15 points to lead them in scoring, and uh, of their 101, and, and winning the game with your highest score of 15, uh, doesn't happen very often. From the Knicks side of the game, they only had three players in double figures. Uh, Timmy Hardaway Jr. had 17 points and 10 rebounds. Mitchell Robinson, the rookie, had 10 points, and he also had three blocks. He's good for those. And Kevin Knox, also a rookie, had 19 points. Noah Vonleh chipped in 12 boards, but only had five points. And uh, just, uh, it's the Knicks. Next one we'll look at was a blowout. The Golden State Warriors were in Indiana. And uh, the Dubs were up 18 after the first quarter. This one was in hand pretty quick. Steph had 23 of 26 in the first half of the game. And the Warriors picked up their 11th straight victory to close out this road trip. Steph had 26, as I said. He had six triples and he had six rebounds. Kevon Looney got the start. Uh, no, he didn't. No, sorry. That was uh, Jordan Bell. Yeah, because Draymond set this one out. Anyway, Kevon Looney had 15 points and 5 boards. Jordan Bell had 8 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. DeMarcus Cousins had 22 points with 6 rebounds and 4 assists. He played 25 minutes in this one. Clay had 16 points. And Kevin Durant had 16 points with 7 assists. For the Pacers, Miles Turner had 16 points and 6 boards. He also had 2 blocks and 2 steals. 
Aaron Holiday, the rookie point guard, had 12 points, brother of Drew and Justin. Thad Young had 11 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 assists. Boyan Bogdanovich had 15 points. Darren Collison had 13 points and 8 assists. Next game we'll look at was the Brooklyn Nets in Boston. And Boston had led through the first half of this game until Brooklyn came alive in the third quarter and won that one by 9 to get within 1. But Boston held Brooklyn to only 16 points in the fourth quarter, and that helped fuel them to the victory. 112-104 for Boston in Boston. Boston tied a franchise record, 16 blocks. And that's a really historic-storied historic franchise. Any kind of record that comes from a team in Boston, it means something. Uh, Marcus Smart had 21 points with 7 assists, 5 steals, 2 blocks, and a couple of rebounds. He also hit 4 three-pointers. That is peak Marcus Smart fantasy line right there. They were without Kyrie Irving in this one. Al Horford had 14 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, and 6 blocks. 6 of the 16, wow. Aaron Baines had 16 points, 6 boards, and 3 blocks for him. 21 points, 6 rebounds for Jalen Brown. Terry Rozier had 14, 7, and 7. Played well in a start, as he usually does. And 15 for Marcus Morris with 8 rebounds. He also had 2, two of those blocks. And from the Brooklyn Nets side of the game, D'Angelo Russell had 25 points. He also had 3 steals. Ed Davis had 8 points with 11 boards. Uh, Jared Allen had 6 points with 10 boards. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson had 14 and 9. Damari Carroll had 12 and 5. And Shabazz Napier had 20 points off the bench. Next one we'll look at was the Memphis Grizzlies hosting the Denver Nuggets. And this was a close game. I'll throw that spoiler alert out. Memphis seems to play a lot of close games and... They also seem to get a lot of tough losses. They came out charging. They outscored Denver 30-16 to in the first quarter, and they took a 19-point lead into the half. And then in the fourth quarter, Denver outscored Memphis 35-15. to Will Barton, three-pointer, with 43 seconds left, gave Denver their first lead of the game. They res uh, Memphis responded with a three from Justin Holiday, but then Jokic scored the go-ahead basket with 28.9 seconds left to put Denver ahead for good. Final score was Denver 95, Memphis 92, uh, another close one for Memphis, another heartbreaker, and a game in which they had the score where they wanted it. Uh, that was in Memphis's wheelhouse, a low-scoring affair like that. For the Nuggets, Nikola Jokic had 24 points with 5 boards, 3 assists, and 4 steals. Will Barton had 20 points with 5 boards. Malik Beasley had 18. And Gary Harris had 11, 4 boards, and 3 assists. From Memphis, Mike Conley and Marcus All continuing to play great amidst their... Uh, Uncertain future in Memphis. They hit, Mike Conley had 23 points and 11 assists. He also hit, uh, had four rebounds and three triples. M Marcus Gasol had 28 points with nine boards and two blocks. And nobody else on this team scored in double figures. So you can basically, you know what you're going to expect from them if they trade those two players. Last game of the night was also fairly close. The Atlanta Hawks were in L.A. to play the Clippers. The Hawks set the tone off on the right on the right foot. They uh, a dead, Dwayne Dedman slam started the game, and it was on from there. The Clippers once led in this entire game, and it was only by three points. Um, they came back from down 12 to tie the game, actually five different times during the third quarter. But the Hawks closed the third with a 17-6 run and took an 11-point lead into the fourth. Um, Atlanta stretched the lead to 16, which was the largest of the game about halfway through the fourth quarter. When the Clips started to make a move, Tobias Harris scored 10 of the next 19 and closed the gap to just 6 points, but another Dwayne Dedman dunk and a Trey Young 3-pointer helped seal the deal. 
123-118 final. Atlanta beat the Clippers for the first time in almost three years. For the Hawks, John Collins had 22 points with six boards. Trey Young had 26 points, eight assists, and four rebounds. Dwayne Dedman had 13 and 10. Alex Len had 19 and 9. And Jeremy Lin had 13 points. And on the Clippers side of the game, Tobias Harris finished with 30 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, and a pair of blocks. Patrick Beverly, another double-digit rebounding game, led the team in rebounds again. 10 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, and a block for Beverly. Montrez Harrell had 18 points, 4 rebounds, 3 steals, and a block. Lou Williams had 21 points with 9 assists. Shea Gilchrist-Alexander had 11. Avery Bradley had 12. And Marcin Gortat had 10 points to go with 5 rebounds. And that was it for the games from Monday night. We'll have a quick look at the games from Tuesday. And the first one is the Milwaukee Bucks are in Detroit. I mentioned this one the other day. Detroit coming off a heartbreaking loss. Now has to play the best team in the NBA, I believe. At least the East for sure. Um, Malcolm Brogdon's probable for this one. And Reggie Bullock is doubtful. Milwaukee is favored by 7. And I lost my page. Alright, let's just bring that back up right quick. Sorry. The technical difficulty. Here we go. Washington is at Cleveland, and Washington's favored by 7.5. Mahimi is questionable for Washington, and Sammy Decker is also questionable. The Oklahoma City Thunder are in Orlando, and they are favored by 5. The Thunder, that is. Uh, rookie point guard Isaiah Briscoe is questionable return with a sprained right ankle. The Chicago Bulls are in Brooklyn. Brooklyn would be on a back-to-back, -back, given that they played last night against Boston. Uh, Trevion Graham is questionable for Brooklyn, and they are favored by 7. The Pelicans are in Houston to play the Rockets, and the Rockets are favored by 10, and Julius Randle is questionable. Um, yeah, this one's not going to be pretty, I wouldn't think. Speaking of not pretty, the San Antonio Spurs host the Phoenix Suns, and San Antonio is favored by 13, the biggest spread of the night. DeAndre Ayton is doubtful, as he has been dealing with a left ankle sprain. And last game of the night is the 76ers in L.A. to play the Lakers. Philly is favored by 7. Jonah Bolden is questionable for Philly. Josh Hart is questionable for the Lakers. And Kyle Kuzma is also questionable for the Lakers. And that'll do for today's podcast, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. As I said, if you can hit me up on Apple, a five-star review takes about five seconds, and it does wonders. Uh, also, we're part of the Pulse Podcast Network, so check that out for all the shows across the network. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.